Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Jamie Walker, a leader in Cherry Becker's professional services industry practice. And with me today is Marty Caramon, a principal in the firm's credits and accounting methods practice. Today we're talking about the employee retention credit, which was recently expanded and extended as part of the 20 and 21 Consolidated Appropriations Act in the eligibility requirements for law firms in particular. Thanks for joining me, Marty. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. So let's start out with a couple of questions to get things rolling. The first would be, uh, what is the intent, the overall intent behind the employee retention tax credit? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, like PPP, this is a subsidy to companies affected negatively by COVID. The intent is to keep people on payrolls. But unlike PPP, it doesn't come in the form of a loan from the government that's forgiven. Instead, it comes uh, through the operation of a refundable payroll tax credit. And generally, that payroll tax credit exceeds the amount of employer payroll tax that a company or firm would owe in any given quarter. So the benefit actually can be pretty lucrative. Um, in general, for larger companies, the credit's calculated based on wages paid to employees who are not providing services. So we need to think of um, a company or a firm and put it, and that firm needs to put itself in the mindset of where it was potentially a year ago when this came about, beginning March 13th last year when COVID hit. And think about, due to all the disruption, who may not have had work to do but was kept on the payroll. Interestingly, though, for, uh, for smaller firms and smaller companies, um, you don't need to do that deeper look into who was or was not providing services. You actually are given a subsidy or support from the government by getting a credit on the wages that you pay to all your employees. So let's turn then to some of the specific enhancements and extensions uh, as it relates to the ERC. Yeah, uh, this is very important. So. Um, and, and especially important, I think, for law firms. Um, the, the biggest change that was made to the law as of December 28th last year was that previously the ERC was not available to firms that took advantage of PPP. Um, so employers that took advantage of PPP last year hadn't even considered whether or not they were eligible for this credit. And we'll talk a bit about what that eligibility uh, requirement is. I think in a second I'll get into that. Um, but the second, I think, big change was that previously the employee retention credit existed in the law as of March 13th last year through December 31st, 2020. It's now been extended through uh, June 30th, through the first two quarters of 2021. And then third, in addition to that extension, the incentive was actually enhanced. Uh, it was a 50% credit against um, the first $10,000 of what's known as qualifying wages paid uh, to employees over the course of all of 2020, and now it's a 70% credit multiplied by the amount of qualifying wages paid to employees twice, really, all in quarter one, and then the first $10,000 of qualifying wages paid in quarter two. So the maximum benefit for 2020 for any firm would have been a credit equal to $5,000 uh, per employee that it had, and for 2021, it could be as high as $14,000 per employee. That's a big increase. Yep. So let's turn now in general to what some of the criteria is to qualify 
and then focus a little more in on our topic today of law firms in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in general, in order to qualify, you need to be in the role of what the statute defines as an eligible employer. Essentially, that is a company that has suffered harm due to COVID, and it's shown in one of two ways. It's shown through either a significant decline in the gross receipts that the firm or the company had in any quarter in 2020 compared to that same quarter in 2019, or similarly, uh, in any of the first two quarters of 2021 compared to th those same two quarters in 2019. The difference, though, is that in 2020, you had to show a greater than 50% decline in gross receipts, whereas for the 2021 calculations, you only need to show a greater than 20% decline in gross receipts. From the perspective of law firms, I found that most didn't suffer a greater than 50% decline. Some may be suffering right now some, some amount of decline equal to greater than 20%, but when we look back, there's another way to qualify uh, that doesn't involve uh, the gross receipts. It's what I refer to as the government mandate test. Essentially, any firm that suffers a business disruption due to uh, government orders limiting commerce, travel, or group meetings due to COVID-19, um, that can be defined under the statute as a partial shutdown. And to the extent uh, a firm can document that government orders were causing it to have a partial shutdown, then uh, it would be an eligible employer for purposes, an eligible employer for purposes of this credit. And I can give a couple examples there. With respect to law firms specifically, I've talked to a number of firms um, that were experiencing difficulties with respect to doing their job due to government ordered court closures, sometimes government ordered capacity uh, restrictions in both courts and in government buildings. Also things like restrictions on jury trials due to social distancing requirements that were out there as well, causing delays in the docket. Um, and as a result, while certain parts of the firm that didn't practice litigation or suffer or, or worked in areas unrelated to the operation of the court, because the firm still had a litigation arm, a part of its uh, operations were deemed to be shut down or delayed or disrupted. And as a result, uh, they have the ability to look at the timing of their disruption, compare that to when the government orders were out there, uh, and they have a they have a, a good case in order to um, essentially deem themselves or document that they were an eligible employer for purposes of the credit. Okay, so let's let's wind up with um, a brief comparison in terms of last year, anyway, of big firms versus small law firms. I think that's a good question too. And I'm working with a lot of small law firms now because they were the ones that took advantage of PPP. And again, they were the ones that didn't really think about whether or not they could or could not qualify for this credit because they were not allowed to do that. But last year, some of the larger firms that weren't taking PPP um, were taking advantage of this credit. Um, and they have in some ways sort of blazed the trail there because they thought about how they were affected as an eligible employer. They thought about ways to document who might not have been providing services. And I have seen some firms take a look at something as basic as what a charge goal might have been uh, for a particular attorney compared to what they actually charged during the time that they suffered that government disruption. And that delta there with how they calculated the amount of time they paid for not providing services. In the small firm context now, uh, we can take a look back and 
and have had some comfort, I think, that larger firms have taken advantage of this, sorry, advantage of this credit, um, and also have additional comfort in the fact that if you had, as you calculate the number of employees that you had, 100 or fewer employees at the firm in 2019 for purposes of calculating the 2020 credit, or 500 or fewer uh, in 2019 for purposes of calculating the 2021 credit, you actually don't need to look into who was or was not providing services. To the extent you can establish that you had a partial shutdown due to government orders, during the time of that shutdown, you can actually include the wages you pay to all your employees. <laughs> and, and as I mentioned um, previously, that actually adds up pretty quickly because you can actually get up to a $5,000 credit per employee uh, for 2020 and as high as a $14,000 credit per employee for 2021 to the extent you qualify as an employer for both quarter one and quarter two. Significant amounts, certainly. Any, any parting comments? I just think the parting comment here is, again, to take comfort in the fact that this was claimed by large firms last year, and also just think about how important it is to make sure that um, for purposes of keeping people on the payrolls, the government incentivized this for firms to take advantage of. They would not have changed the rules to allow companies to go back who had claimed PPP to take a look at this if they didn't intend for them to take it. And I would also say just take comfort in the fact that many, many firms are looking at it and many are taking it right now. Um, and uh, it, it's really there to protect jobs. And uh, I'm, I'm encouraged to see how many are taking advantage of it. Well, thank you very much, Marty, for joining me today. I appreciate it. I'll say to those who may be listening to this in the future that if you're looking for further guidance, uh, you can go to our website, cbh.com, and there is additional information there. I'll also direct you to our ERC email for any questions or, or further discussion. And that's what, and that email is employeerc at cbh.com. That's E M P L. O-R-E-E-R-C at cbh.com. Thank you, everyone, for being with us today. Thank you.